there's a skill set that people forget. It's called active listening.、Mm-hmm. I listen to what I listen to people very carefully,、um, and I listen to what they say and I listen to what they don't say. What up, peeps, and welcome to a Finance Guy podcast, a show for all genders and species, about bringing some humanity and a bit of fun to the world of finance and tech, and leaving you with a little something that can help you on your way. My name is Charlie Kunkin, and today Sid Doty, my co-host, and I interview Mona Lung, a director here at AWS Finance, and she brings the goodies. So, without further ado, please enjoy the show. And today we have a very special gal, a finance gal, Mona Lung. Mona, say hello. Hello, everybody. How you guys doing? So we're gonna read a quick bio just to give people a little background that we put together,、Uh-oh. and then we're gonna jump into it. So、um, just some background on Mona. Mona got her undergrad BS in biology at UC Irvine, and she began her career in finance as a financial analyst at Pizza Hut. Yeah. That would have been my dream job. I would have stopped there. <laughs> But I'm gonna just go through the rest.、Um, While she was at Pizza Hut, she got her MBA at California State University, Long Beach, and then moved on to a nice long stretch at PepsiCo, where she spent、uh, 10 years of her career working her way up to director in their finance org. After leaving PepsiCo in 2004, she's worked as a finance exec at several big names, including Sears, R.R. Donnelly, Alliant Credit Union, McGraw Hill, and that was. Before you joined Amazon in 2014,、yep. right? And she joined Amazon in the on the retail side, the director of finance for Pan EU categories.、Uh, and then in 2017, 2017, she made the move over to Kindle,、yep. Kindle Content. Spent two years at Kindle Content, and then made the ultimate move of her career to AWS Finance. Right. And that is where she currently dominates as a director. Um, Mona, Mona, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah.、Um, can I just ask you about Pizza Hut before we get into some、Uh-oh. of the other stuff? <laughs> okay. That that I honestly would have been my dream job. Like, what what were you analyzing at Pizza? Was there anything that like、oh, sticks out? Yeah. yeah. So okay, back then,、um, way back then, Pizza Hut was a dine-in restaurant. You go in, family goes there, they sit down, they have dinner.、Oh. They didn't have any delivery carryouts. No kidding. No. So when I when I joined them, they were expanding and proliferating that channel. So、wow. I did all the、um, a lot of the analytics in terms of how many delivery carryout units we need to launch, open, and also once they're open, you got to monitor the、uh, cash flow. Yeah. How are they doing? And then if they don't do well, do you close them? Do you relocate them? All of that. Did you guys get free pizza? All the time. Oh my oh, word! Man. Yeah, all the time. There was a, a commercial like、uh, that was aired before the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The kid, the baseball player, the kid in right field. I don't remember that. Oh, I was going to ask if you knew anything about it. I I was a big fan of Pizza Hut, so I had to just. I, I still am, you know. Actually. Yeah, we had, we had to throw that in, but um, that's super cool. And um, I guess what we wanted to kind of ask you is, getting the real background on Mona. What were you like as a kid? Nothing like this. I was a tomboy.、Uh, Sports or athletic.、Uh-huh. Played everything: basketball, baseball, tennis, badminton. I did track.、Um, you wouldn't. People couldn't tell I was a girl for a long time. <laughs> 
What was your main? <laughs> did you have like kind of one that you gravitated towards, or basketball. okay, a lot of basketball? Uh, believe it or not, I was the I was very tall over there. Where did you grow up? In Hong Kong. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Considering the population, I was very tall. Right on. Well, I remember all the girls in my class were tall until like they were the tall ones until like middle school. And then the guys started catching up. And some people who are centers on the basketball team in middle school, I'm taller than now. And I'm 5'8". Ah, okay. So I think yeah, if you kind of get that early growth spurt, you kind of basketball yeah, can be your tall, thing. Yeah. yeah. Over there, um, eight, I don't know, in Hong Kong, I am considered very large and tall and big. Right. Okay. Up there. <laughs> and I went to a girls' school, so there were no boys to outgrow me. So I was center of the basketball team. And I was the team captain. Very cool. For many years. Very cool. And then what was kind of that, you, you went into biology for undergrad yeah. before your career in finance yeah. started. Was that just something you, you like dissecting frogs or something? Or? <laughs> okay, so this is terrible, but um, growing up in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. Asian families, mm -hmm. we call it the trinity of majors you can have as a, going to college. You can be a doctor, mm. you can be an engineer, or you can be a computer programmer. So I picked doctor. Oh, just like India, you know? It's like in India. You have as well. to do a, like I math, engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Only those three. Nothing, anything else, it's not acceptable. Yeah. So I picked doctor. Um, oh, okay. Then I learned I really liked the math. I really liked the physics, uh, the logic. I uh, really like chemistry because it's very logical. Mm -hmm. I really like the statistics. I know weird. I did not like the biology. So I actually gravitated towards, uh, at the later on of my four years, I spent a lot more time in those subjects than I did in my biology subject. So by the end, it was kind of a natural it was, yeah, I was done. going to finance. I finished, I, I'm going to find a field that has a, lot of to, has a lot to do with data and logic. Right on. Yeah. Cool. And so you've seen you know, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, and um, you've been in Amazon now for five years. What was different when you joined Amazon than what you had seen at other places in your career? Um, it is super easy to do what you want to do here. Super easy. And it's super easy to take risk and have really big ideas. Hmm. You just have to believe in it and if you believe in it, it will come through. Uh, you have to put in your work, you have to you have to sell it, you have to make sure it's the right thing to do, but if you believe in it, you can be the one owning it. Mm. That's really nice. And so when you were, was this kind of all known to you when you were picking Amazon as the next step in your career? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the origin story? What brought you in, like, under the umbrella? Um, actually, you like this. My friend was interviewing for a role in Europe for AWS, uh, excuse me, for Amazon Retail Finance. Mm -hmm. She used me as a reference. Ah. So I, I provided her reference. And, after and the then you took her job. No. After <laughs> 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 the reference, I said, what are you doing? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, That's cool, you know? That's why I got hooked. That's very yeah. Amazonian. Yeah. <laughs> just ask anyone if they need a job. We're always hiring. Um, so then you just kind of said, yeah, you know, it sounds interesting, and you're ready. Is that... She convinced oh, yeah. you on the phone there, and it was. Um, I didn't think about Amazon at the time. I was really into my McGraw Hill publishing space. 
And but I haven't done global. I haven't done international. I haven't left the country, and I mm -hmm. wanted to leave the country. Okay. Uh, they really saw me. They say it's in Luxembourg. It's a really cool country in yeah. Europe. High quality of living. I thought, ooh, let me check that out. That was it. And then it was to Seattle after that. It was to Seattle after that. What, what's your take on Seattle versus Luxembourg? How was that transition? Um, th okay, the weather's about the same. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah. Um, it's really different though from a living. Luxembourg mm -hmm. is a, I call it a city country. So it's a country that it's a city at the same time that it's very small. Mm -hmm. um, but here, this is a big city. So it's very, uh, it's not like New York, but it's a new city. So it's very mm -hmm. fresh. Yeah. I really like it. Yeah, it's very casual, so you know I don't have to. Um, I don't have to be pretentious. I could just wear tennis shoes and jeans every day, and it's yeah, perfect. If you need to dress up, you can wear a Seahawks hoodie, right? And yeah. you'll be Nobody the most cares, no. Which is really nice. Yeah, so yeah. I if, like that. yeah. It, you could go to a fancy restaurant if you want to wear a suit and tie. You're absolutely yeah, you can be, you feel know, free, yeah. mm -hmm. but someone next to you is gonna be wearing a Seahawks hoodie. It's true. So and it's all good. Yeah. So. Um, Let's talk a little bit maybe about AWS Finance specifically. You, you moved in and um, you're director of what exactly is your scope, would you say? Of we, we call it Mona's Org because it's a potpourri mm -hmm. and there's not a central theme. It's a brand. Yeah, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I cover what I called, uh, what we call procurement and supply chain. And then I also cover hardware engineering. Uh, Annapurna, which is a subsidiary in Israel, and also our financing and asset management channel, which is uh, the leasing of all of our equipment and then the asset management of all of our equipment. Which is your least favorite? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, let me ask you something about like. Can't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> They're all my favorite. No, let me let me ask you like having such like a diverse kind of product spread, if you will. Like, what what's kind of your tenets of leadership like from a cultural standpoint like how do you kind of keep everybody marching motivated enthusiastic what's your your um, style yeah so there's let me think about this way you can never fail here you if you make a mistake and you fail you can fail pretty safe mm. so which is really nice you should take advantage of that and take risk so I encourage my team to um, don't be shy and take things to the highest standards that you can take it and be, be bold. If you don't agree, you don't like, be vocal, say it. Uh, if you're wrong, you know right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's okay, but it doesn't damage you. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does, it does, yeah. And like a lot of people will be, you know, scared to fail, scared to be wrong. Yeah. Do you see like, do you have any advice when they come in of how to kind of get them into more of an experiment and move fast kind of comfort um, zone? I tell people to, okay, the worst thing you could do is default to what you've done in your previous job or mm. the job before. Mm -hmm. So unlearning that mm. is key. Even if you cannot unlearn it, have it right here in your frontal brain that this place is not like the place you just came from mm. or the one before or the one before. It's gonna be different. Yeah. Have you ever unlearned something? Like, do you have an example where you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is, okay. So, I have had twenty years of experience before I joined Amazon. Mm -hmm. So this is a hard learn. Like this is like hard to unlearn. Yeah. In those previous twenty years' experience, 
when you go into a meeting and you have a product to present, whether it's a paper or a presentation or an idea, you want everybody to like your idea, give you some feedback, but everybody generally aligns and kind of, you're good. You're good. Mm -hmm. So you walk in with the same idea, you walk out with the same idea. Here, it's not what happens. Yeah. You walk in with your idea, people are going to engage with you. They're going to get into your data, they're going to get into your thought process, and they're going to challenge you, and they'll also build on it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to walk out with a different product, altered. But most of the time, it's a better, better product. product. Uh, so, but you will feel like, did I just get completely beat up? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's not true. But if you step back and say, you know, this is actually better. And a lot of times, they'll say, can you move faster? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so that is hard to unlearn. Yeah. 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 And how do you, like, well, I guess there's two, there's two roles. Like, you could be the one coming in with the idea. Um, and you just have to get used to the, I mean, how do you get used to people kind of like, being critical of what you've put on yeah. the paper was that something you had to? I had to. Um, I had spent a lot of time with my manager at that time. Um, his name is Fred Duval. He's now the country lead for France, mm -hmm. and he was really good. Uh, when I go in with a paper, he was really good to say, "Okay, just let it roll." If people get get passionate and they argue, and let it, try to let it roll off your shoulders and really just focus on what they're asking. And don't worry about the whatever's happening in the room. Mm -hmm. uh, so he always does that to me, and I'm like, okay, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. With my idea, with my paper. Yeah. And that was very helpful. Yeah. Do you think I? I feel like I've had this personally where, like, I've taken criticism and I've had to coach myself to say they're not criticizing me as a human. They're actually trying to improve what I'm working on. They're engaged with you. Yeah. So you don't get that. Yeah. If there's crickets, that's probably know, the worst sign. That's bad. That's yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either they don't understand anything you wrote in your paper, or... Uh, do you tell, like, new hires, do you kind of set them up to expect, like, that are coming onto your team to expect this, or do they just kind of um, learn by doing? It's really hard to verbalize. Mm -hmm. Like, you can... It's really hard to... Excuse me, not verbal. It's easy to verbalize it. It's very hard to convey how it would feel. Yeah. And say those words. It's just like um, teaching you how to ride a bike, but I'm going to tell you how to ride a bike... But when you actually are on a bike, none of what you what I said to you would make any sense. Yeah, doesn't right? matter. I would say like, make sure you balance. It's okay if you tip over the first couple of times, but until you get on that bike, you're, you're not gonna know what that means. Yeah, and if you don't, yeah, if you're not gonna get in the game, you're not gonna make you're the progress on so that. You gotta, you gotta take some risk. Yeah. So when you look at a new hire, uh, what are the main two three qualities you're looking at as a new hire? Because you've hired a lot of people across organizations, you know. So what does a new hire at Amazon means to you? From the hiring process or when they start? What qualities would qualities, you look for, yeah. like, to make it here? Sure. Yeah. Um, I look for, so leadership principles aside, mm -hmm. right? I look for that spark, that curious, you know. You know, I'm not interested in somebody telling me all that they know. I'm interested in somebody who is super curious mm. because they want to know and they want to learn. They ask you questions because they want to know. Mm -hmm. They're not asking me questions to show off what they know. Mm -hmm. yeah. so that to me is number one, yeah. not the spark. And then number two would be the genuine. 
Like, there's a genuineness to you, how you interact. So here at Amazon, you have to be genuine to yourself in order to be able to sit through a tough conversation about a paper. Yeah. So that means you have to be very comfortable to say, okay, maybe I didn't look at that. Uh, or you feel strongly about something and you got a challenge. You go, well, I don't agree because of this. Uh, so that genuineness of who you are, to me, is, is very critical. Yeah. That's like a, you know, that's just like a life journey is knowing yourself. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Did did, did you come to Amazon? You think kind of with these tools? Did you develop them as you went? Or no clue. <laughs> I had no clue. So yeah. coming in here, I just uh, I figured. Um, I put it this way: when I went through the interview process, mm -hmm. you know, interview process Amazon is very intense. Yeah. And um, I probably spoke. I spoke with a lot of folks on site, phones. Uh, phone interviews afterwards with different folks in Seattle, mm -hmm. everywhere. Uh, I really enjoyed the interview uh, because they they were engaged in my problem that I was trying to solve. Mm -hmm. So they would ask me the typical interview questions, whatever they were doing. When I explained what I do, they listened, they processed, and they actually challenged me, and they were engaged. So to me, it was. Like I was talking just to people that I already work with. That was your style. That was you liked style. it, like, yeah. This is easy. Uh, after the interview, like my on-site loop in Europe, I was super energized. I was not tired. I was in a zone. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. This is a good place. Yeah. So you were you were down with the culture. It was like swimming downstream. It was very set upstream. It was yeah. Hard. Yeah. I yeah. didn't have to work really hard. Yeah. So like, would you say for someone who's considering Amazon, like, get, it sounds like get to know the culture and mm -hmm. really know yourself, and know like if this is something you would thrive yeah. in, if yeah. you would be excited mm -hmm. to engage that way. Um, what's something that people outside of Amazon, like something that they might not know about working here. You know, there's there's a lot of people who say like the kind of the delivery results of the leadership principle can be very intimidating. People work long hours. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. What, what's something people don't know about working um, here? Well, actually it's a really fun place to work. Yeah. We, we are super relaxed and casual and we joke. We have dogs, we have beer. Uh, <laughs> we have puppies. We have puppies. <laughs> I mean, it's really fun, and there's a really good sense in my area, anyway, of community, of a team. Yep. Uh, I look out for my peers, I look out for my teammates, I look out for people on my team, I look out for my boss. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, it's very, um, it's very positive. It's productive, positive, meaning you will be challenged, but not because they're jerks because it's a tough problem and we want to solve it. Yes. Truth seeking as, as Uncle Jeff likes to call it. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. But it's very fun. Yeah. So I, I have a good time. Yeah. Oh, we know you have a good time, Mona. <laughs> um, but on that uh, note, like, like I when I joined Amazon as a finance person and what I am right now, I'm, I've changed a little, you know, because of maybe effect of leadership. Has that impacted your life in some way or not? Um, actually, I felt more like homecoming here. Mm -hmm. So in my previous roles, it was, um, I spent a lot of time building up my executive presence. Mm. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you say something 
indirectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, yeah, yeah. you know, how do you disagree, but it would sound like you agree, but you actually disagree? That's a good point. Right? I, yeah. How do you play through the, not play through, but how do you work through the different yeah. hierarchies? It was really hard. Yeah. I, so I invested a lot of time building that. So when you have to solve a problem, it's a lot of energy. Right. To sounding less, a certain right, yeah, less on solving the problem, more on getting the message through in the right way that could be received. Here, I felt more at home. I don't have to do that. Yeah, I just focus on the facts, the data, uh, and my judgment, and that's good. So I used to say to Charlie, like uh, in other companies, it's like sometimes it's like sound right a lot. But here it is being right a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Is there anything that you believe in that's not like codified in the leadership principles? Anything missing that you like yeah. to bring in of your own kind of your own magic? Um, Mona's leadership principle, you know. Like, <laughs> Ma- okay, I have. This is kind of corny, but I'm gonna say it. I have a motto, and I had this motto since I was. Very young. I can't wait to hear this. And I drill it into my kids. They hate it. I drill it into my husband. He hates it. It's four lines. It's really short. It's this. It's do what you say. Say what you do. Do it 100%. Do it on time. That's hmm. it. Four. I have a poster on it, actually, that I made. Wow. Uh, can, can you repeat that again? Yeah. Like, I think yeah, this yeah. is it's words of wisdom. Do, do what you say. Yeah. Say what you do. What does that mean? What that means is, okay. If you're going to do something, make sure you do exactly what you said you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Say what you do. That means if you're not going to do it, don't say it. Mm. False promises. Mm. Uh, and then do it 100%. So don't do it half-baked. Uh, and do it on time. You know, have some sense of urgency that it will be done. Right? Yeah. yeah Mona, like, on this, you know, like, there are certain goals which needs correction throughout time, you know. So, will this stand? Will this statement stand to evolving problems? This is this is how I operate. So, if I'm going to tell you, let's say you and I have a career discussion, yeah, and I say to you, Sid, I'm going to help you get to an L8 director. Let's pick a time frame. Let's aim for five years. I'm going to do what I say. I'm going to work with you. We're going to build your skill sets up and we're going to build a skill sets plan and we're going to hook you up with the right people so you can get your exposure and we're going to help you move that way your pace your way uh how you operate so i would do that and i would do it on time right meaning i'm going to be very vigilant and i'm not going to drop it and i'm going to do it 100 it's not going to be half baked we're going to to invest i'm going to be engaged you probably annoyed you will feel like she's constantly following me on this other thing I haven't done anything, so yeah, I'll take that offer. Yeah, yeah, you guys heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, official. Yeah, I get it. That's the toughest. One of the toughest thing in my career is people are very concerned about their own careers, Mm -hmm. and to you to say, "How are you going to help me?" Help means not just a couple of meetings Mm -hmm. to talk about your career aspirations. Mm -hmm. Help means that. The things I just described. Mm, okay. So, like, what you know now, what would you, what advice would you give yourself if you were an analyst on your team starting out, or? Um, oh, Mona starting as an analyst. Yeah, if, if you analyst. if you were giving yourself, you know, advice from 
you were at Pizza Hut or something again, you know, like Looking what? Backwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, I would say maybe what will you the do's and the don'ts, you know? I don't know. If there's any? Is there any absolute do's and don'ts? Or just general, like something maybe you wish you'd you'd kind of learned earlier that. Faster, sooner. Um, when I was more junior, I was very busy chasing titles. Mm. I was always looking at the next. Who's the Who's the next couple of levels, and when I'm going to get that title? Senior analyst, mm -hmm. finance analyst, senior mm -hmm. manager. Like I need to be a director. I was very like title driven. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized that is totally irrelevant uh, until I would say in my early 40s mm -hmm. that 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 actually would drive you to make the wrong decision in your career choices and uh, when you're picking your next roles mm. or you're picking on your developmental opportunity it will actually make you pick the wrong things how like unpack that a little like yeah, how would it make you I, yeah how would it make you make the wrong decisions um because you would be ch you'd be looking for the mo okay the motivation for that next level is not the right um, guide for your development. It's actually the opposite. You forget about, what happens you forget that I'm supposed to really look at, if I'm gonna be a CFO, let's say in 10 years, mm -hmm. you really should look at what are all the skill sets I need to acquire? What kind of judgment I need to be able to make? Right? Mm -hmm. So it may mean that you may have this to learn operations, you may have to learn accounting really well, you may have to learn tax really well, or you have to learn, I don't know, um, something very unhealthy. Or investor relations. Investor relations, or you really have to learn how to manage cash flow. Mm -hmm. So if you bucket it like that, then you should move your career around those things, and then you will get to your CFO. Mm -hmm. But if you're just focused on the title yeah. and what that person does, you're actually not addressing the real core thing. Good. And you actually may end up shortchanging your career. You may get the promotion, but on the long term, I don't think you're making yourself uh, successful. That mm -hmm. way. It sounds like um, it sounds like a matter of inputs and outputs, right? Your your title is an output. Yeah, at your the in, very end. Yeah, yeah, it's an output of you choosing the right things that you want to focus on in your career. And, and the long term work. game, which we always keep on talking about, you know, it's the long it's. It's not a race, it's basically a marathon, exactly. you know? Yeah. It's not a 100 meter sprint, you know? I'll just, you know, target to target, but yeah. The worst advice somebody said to me was this, and this is the worst advice. This was a, a really genuine high-level recruiter, mm -hmm. like from Hydrex struggle, you know? Those executive recruiters, yeah, yeah, yeah. recruiters or the CFO, mm, said to me, you know, you should aim to be ready to be in the pipeline for CFO role of a division or something around 40. That was probably the worst advice that I've gotten and I don't, I did not realize that until I was reaching 40 and that that is actually the wrong thing to focus on. Was that misguiding you do you think a little Completely, bit? Completely! Uh, because it forces you to chase title yeah. mm -hmm. rather than really taking a step back and say what kind of skill sets do I really need yeah. mm -hmm. to be a successful CFO? What, what are your inputs now? Do you think um, you have a, a a plan in place like what is your I don't know what what excites you about work here what do you enjoy digging in on uh, I, I, um, I like to make my imprint mm. so I like it messy that you don't really know what to do yet 
So that gives me the opportunity to come opportunity to come in to learn it, figure it out, solve the puzzle, and get it going. That to me is very fun. And you can do that here. And move on to the next problem. Yeah, and the yeah. next big one and the next big one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing I did want to ask you specifically. We talk a lot, we, we do some stuff about marketing. We talk a lot about getting the brand out and we talk about um, diversity. Um, what's kind of your view? Like what's the diversity message that, I, I feel like AWS has a strong, uh, a strong diversity DNA that we're trying to put out there. What, what do you think is, what do we want to tell people about diversity and inclusion? Um. People forget that Amazon is a global company. Mm -hmm. We work with people from all over the globe. My team, even most of them reside in Seattle, they're from everywhere. They're from Hong Kong, um, India, Vietnam, Cuba, Mexico, mm. United States, Canada. So it's diverse already. Uh, from a minimum from where they came from mm -hmm. and then the background it's super diverse yeah we have people from banking that joined us in aws finance in retail and hotel space all kinds i have engineers there were previous engineers that are now finance people so i would say it's super diverse uh and you have to be ready if you come in you have to be ready that it's it is truly global if i compare my work experience here to my previous work experience, PepsiCo, Sears, I would say this is the most mm -hmm. um, easily diverse place, meaning people just easily come in and out, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is really great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like the UN. Any, any yes. given organization, yes. you could you know, have a celebration for any holiday mm -hmm. that's on the calendar. When I was in Luxembourg, mm -hmm. Sitting, we sat outside, there's no office. There, there are very few offices because we were growing very fast. And I sat in a big room where there were like 60 finance professions. Mm -hmm. So a row, a, think of 10 rows of five tables, <laughs> and that's how we worked. Uh, anytime around me, there, there's probably at least two, or th there are probably at least three different languages being spoken. Yeah. 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 I remember they had World Cup on a few years ago and they put on the big screen at Doppler. Uh, and you could just go there and like depending on what time of day it was, there'd be some crowd rooting their home team on. Yep. So Yeah. But um you, you just look at the trucks that have propped up in uh, Lake Union around Lake Union, it's like you'll find Indian trucks, you Vietnamese trucks, Malaysian trucks, people, you know, like it's like a potpourri of uh, it's culture. A potpourri, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, on that note, let's ask, the, we have some kind of questions, some fun questions that we like to ask uh -oh. on the podcast. Right, right. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but speaking of, of food trucks, what three people would you most want to have dinner with? Ha, okay. Living or not living? I'm not going to give you a pretentious answer. So it's <laughs> not going to be like Einstein or Washington. Uh, it's going to be a genuine answer. Great. It's my husband, wow. my daughter, and my son. I love you, that. It's wow. dinner. Yeah. I want to have dinner with them. I don't want to have dinner with anyone else. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, what? How do you consume new content? Do you like to read? Do you do documentaries? What's your kind of... So there's a skill set that people forget. It's called active listening. Mm -hmm. I listen to what 
I listen to people very carefully. Um, and I listen to what they say, and I listen to what they don't say. Uh, and then I listen very carefully, especially at work, um, when we were going through difficult papers or going through a model, I always take away something and I build on that. But but away from work, like, is it, are you a... Uh, it's the same. So when I'm, like, when I work with my husband, so my husband's super smart, smarter than me, uh, he ingests he content by reading. Mm -hmm. um, I Man of my own heart, yeah. And he just, I just listen. When he speaks, I pick up all his facts. <laughs> yeah. There's always nuggets, right? Uh, when I, um, when I'm, I learn a ton of content from my two adult children. How old are they? 27 and 29. So they're the ones to tell me all about what it's, what it's like as a millennial by listening to them talking about their work environment, mm -hmm. how they respond to feedback, and how they respond to a good manager mm. and a bad manager. Mm. I actually work with them a lot in terms of, okay, I've got a new analyst coming in, um, she just graduated, what are some tips <laughs> mom yeah. needs to know yeah. when I need to give feedback? And they're very good about helping me yeah. understand what that means. Are they in like the corporate kind of kind of world too, or are they? Yeah. So my daughter uh, works for Disney Animation Studio. Oh, how oh, that's fun! Cool. Yeah. So she's got a really cool job. Wow. And my son uh, works for I forget the name of the company. This is really terrible. But he uh, <laughs> manages content for medical content. Cool. Oh, okay. So. Um. So yeah. so so is that something you've always had, the listening thing? Is that always just yes, been your... because they're really good. So they were very young, right, when I was um, maybe a, an executive in my 30s. And uh, they have perspective that you would never think about. So I used to ask them work problems, and they would try to solve it for me as kids. Like Sherlock Holmes, or what was that, Encyclopedia Brown, <laughs> like those old books. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was like, it was uh, like this story, it was like this, this cop, and he'd come home, and his son, I forget his name, but maybe Encyclopedia was his nickname, and he, the, he, the, the father would come home, and he couldn't solve the mystery, so he'd tell his son, and then his son would solve it for him. That would be like my kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would be them. Yeah. Um, I would tell him, I would, I would ask him, okay, I have a problem here, uh, I, I'll give you an example. This was really tough. So at Sears, we had to we had to let go a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So we had training classes on how to have that conversation, mm. and it was very tough. Um, you you would you would have come in that day, and you would have received a ticket. <laughs> One ticket, you take the bus, then you go to a hotel. Uh, another ticket, you go over here and you do this, right? And before you go. Over there, I have to have a conversation with you. Wait, the employee gets a ticket? Yeah, they get a ticket. Like a random ticket? No, it's, it's pre-assigned. You oh. know exactly what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. And you're in the good line I or the bad to, line? Yeah, I have a good, I have a good, <laughs> I have a speech for you that is a very difficult speech, and I have uh, another script that, you know, oh. it's positive. So I can't talk to anyone because he was super confidential. Um, so the only people I can talk to was my children because they're little kids. Oh. So I asked him, okay, I have to do this. This is going to be horrible. What do I do? Do I be firm? Do I cry with them? Like, what, what do I do? And uh, they give me very interesting perspective. They say, Mom, they don't care what you do. Yeah. I was like, oh. So they're not going to hear anything you say. Yeah. The moment you say you don't have a job or you have a job, they're not going to hear anything else. 
that was my little kids. Child's you know, mind. Super small. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know what? You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I didn't worry about it. I just focused on making sure that um, the information is Gonna transferred. Read. Making sure that they are okay. So it's all about them now. Mm-hmm. Right? Making sure they're okay. Making sure they know where they need to go next. So that was the best advice I've ever gotten. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so simple too. Uh, right? Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was. It was all about me. Yeah. I was all worried yeah. about me. They say like, I've learned everything I need to know when I was in kindergarten. That's kind of like the t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you guys do for fun? Like as a family outside of work? Uh, we like to travel. Oh, so, yeah. I'm planning a trip with my daughter to Asia this coming November. Oh, cool. Cool. What, what's like, do you guys have any like traditional family holidays or is it always like exploring something new or? Um, oh, no, we do the, we do the, the, the Christmas. Yeah. So my husband is very anchored around having good holidays. So Christmas, Thanksgiving, those are the two big ones. Yeah. We have a big feast. Making those memories. He cooks all day, yeah. Decorates the house. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Well, it's that's, really cool. That's fun. That's fun. We, um, we hosted a Thanksgiving dinner last year f- here in Seattle for some of the folks that I used to work with in Luxembourg. So they were Europeans coming to the United States. They're here. Mm-hmm. They don't know what an American Thanksgiving is. So we hosted them. Oh, that's cool. turkey. Very we cool. Stuffing we had. Pretty cool. Cranberry sauce. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what about like as we kind of kind of wrap up here? Is there anything that like any parting words that you would maybe tell people who are thinking about their careers in finance or just kind of as people are getting out of college and seeing the wide world? You mean like newbies coming in, or I'd say like a like a life philosophy. You're trying yeah. to figure out what you want to do. You've graduated, or you're you know at that at that early stage. Okay. Um, so don't listen to the advice that you have to be this by this age. That's false. It's just false. Um, relax. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And it will take different turns. So go, go with the flow a bit. Uh, you know, be mindful of where you're going, but go with the flow a bit. And uh, don't, don't anchor yourself around, I have to be a vice president by this age. And, I have to be a CFO by this age, whatever. Yeah, love it, love it. Is there anything that anything that we didn't cover that you might want to get out to the world? We could always do a follow up round too, and <laughs> maybe that mo- maybe that motto once again. You know, ah, I loved it. You like that one more time? Yeah, let's give the motto. Let's end on that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Do what you say. Say what you do. Do it a hundred percent. Do it on time. Awesome. There you go. Thanks for coming on the show. Yo, what up, everybody? Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Feel free to leave a rating, review, what have you. But most of all, go have a fantastical day. Okay? We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Pretty cool. Cool? Pretty cool, actually. Okay.